What did one successful high-stakes player know about Isaiah Pacheco before anyone else did? Why do you need to invest in rookies in 2023 best ball teams? And what disappointing team in 2022 could be a value in drafts in 2023? Plus, FFPC co-founder Alex Kaganowski joins us to talk about the FFPC's decision on the Bills and Bengals game from Monday Night Football. Plus, Longtime FFPC player, longtime high stakes champion, uh, 2022 pros versus Joe's champion and co-host of the Goat District podcast. Dan Williamson is going to stop on by to talk about 2023 best ball leagues and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host uh, will be here shortly. He is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be joined by FFPC co-founder Alex Kaganowski and longtime FFPC player, 2022 Pros versus Joe's champion, as well as a numerous winner of a ton of other FFPC high-stakes leagues over the years and co-host of the GOAT District podcast. Dan Williamson will join us to talk about Zamir White's uh, audition, I guess you could say, uh, tomorrow against the Chiefs for 2023, how he's going to handle them in best ball drafts, and some advice for people who are planning on drafting early uh, best ball teams coming up in January, February, and March here before free agency and before the NFL draft and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR. Uh, I am at Eric Balkman. Always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com as well as KFFSC Official. Uh, you can follow Dan on Twitter at Overhype Sleeper. Sleeper, the final E in uh, Sleeper is non-existent, so that's the way to find him there. Uh Echo District is the podcast uh, on, uh, handle on Twitter as well. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootballgmail.com. If you do have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets and emails in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. I uh, want to remind everybody, if you have not joined it yet, it is the final weekly challenge of the year for the FFPC. Join the weekly challenge, the week 18 weekly challenge right now. There's no draft involved. There is no salary cap involved. If you want to play without kickers and defenses, or if you want to play with kickers and defenses, you can pick either format to do so. One player per team, get them in before Sunday's kickoff. You can play in a 100-team format, a 30-team format, or a 10-team format. And if you are playing in the 10-team format, all you have to do is beat those other nine players and you will win your free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can compete for a $1 million grand prize. But wait, there's more. That's right. We are running out of time. Eight days left to join both the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge to win a $500,000 grand prize there. Or if you want to join for just $35 in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, 
eight days left to sign up there. You can still win $100,000 there as well. In case you missed it last night, we did a special Thursday night edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with Week 16 FFPC Main Event 7th place team owner Matt Berman. We came in and chopped it up. Uh, we talked a little bit about what, what he got right and got wrong in, in 2022, but I think the biggest thing is what he thinks uh, are going to be the main storylines for drafting high stakes fantasy football teams in 2023. You can check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast or the FFPC YouTube channel, which you're watching right now, uh, youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy. Speaking of the YouTube uh, fantasy football, uh, FFPC fantasy football channel, like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share the videos with your buddies or your enemies, just whoever uh, that you want to pass this along to, and then get notified by clicking on that little bell there to make sure that uh, you're never going to miss any time we go live with the HSFF Hour, with the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, with the FFPC Weekly Preview, with the uh, FFPC Live Best Ball Coverage, Live Main Event Coverage, Live Football Guys Draft Coverage. That is all going to be popping off once again this summer uh, with myself, Dave Terpoli, and Aiden LaCorey. Uh, a great we've never had as, as good a content as we did last year as far as the video and audio goes uh, for the program. And I think uh, a lot of you enjoyed it. The feedback was great. So thank you so much for watching in 2022. And we're on to bigger and better things in 2023. Speaking of bigger and better things, enough of me blabbing. Let's bring in tonight's first guest. He is the co-founder of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Been on this show many times. Uh, he's here to talk about the Monday Night Football decision that the FFPC made about that canceled Bills-Bengals game. You follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. Please welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Mr. Alex Kaganowski. Alex, happy Friday night to you, man. Thanks for topping aboard. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel so much more relaxed today. Than... Well, you did. Yeah, I mean, so so you were on the the high stakes fantasy football uh, high stakes fantasy football show um, on the Better Sports Network last night, talking about a lot of the stuff we'll talk about tonight. We'll touch on some other stuff as well. But you're in the middle of an airport, so it's it's difficult for you to feel as relaxed as you are right now. It's crazy. So, yeah, when I did the show yesterday, I first of all I got to the airport five minutes before the show started. I got dropped off, and I'm looking for a place to sit. And the only place I, I couldn't go through the gate, I didn't have enough time to go not through the gate through the uh, TSA. Right. So I found a couple of ch literally right at the JetBlue, you know, like uh, registration area, counter area, whatever. So there's like people everywhere. It's freaking crazy. This is after a day of you know all the craziness going on with you know, the game finally kind of being finalized, the stats being finalized and not being played in the whole thing. Right. So was, and after a week of, you know, more of the same. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on this flight. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. And plus I don't even feel comfortable. I've never been on that show. Like this is, you know, I, I've been on this show. I feel it's like, well, you know, like I'm at home here, you know? Right. Yeah. And, well, you should uh, feel at home here. Yeah, no, but over there, I didn't want to, like, I didn't know who was listening. Like, here, I know who's listening. It's mostly kind of FFPC guys and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I feel, anyway, I got my Drake now. I'm up in Vermont. I'm I'm at my ski home in Vermont. So, now I'm so chilling. You, you, you I can, didn't I can tell the whole fucking story now, man. I'm telling yeah. you. So, so, you didn't miss your flight. That was the biggest thing, right? No, no, I didn't mean that. That wasn't the issue. No, I was. that wasn't the issue. It was just. It was too much. It was it was too crazy yesterday. But thanks for having me yesterday and today. I well, hope I'll, I'm going to do a better job today. I'm telling you, you I'm going to spill some beans today. You're going to like me today. 
Well, well, I liked you yesterday. It's a high bar to jump over uh, because I thought you did a good job last night. But let's go to it. Um, so I, I know that that we were we the, the conversation sort of began with um, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak um, on Monday night when we saw uh, Demar Hamlin go down and it got you know it was pretty scary and then it got ultra scary all of a sudden and then all of a sudden we started having to have a conversation and that conversation throughout the the final decision. I mean, lasted, you know, three days and there wasn't a whole lot of break in the conversation uh, uh, until then. Can you tell uh, the, the viewers a little bit about how, you know, what went in um, to the whole decision making process here of ruling that the the um, the game, you know, obviously was canceled uh, and the, the stats are null and void, according to NFL.com. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of the decision making? So. First of all, I have to say that, you know, I, I try to remember a lot of this and 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 it's it's crazy because even though it only happened a few days ago, it's just there's so much to remember. A lot of it is already blurring. You know, I'll be perfectly honest with you because it was so much stuff to think about. Uh, but I will, I, you know, I, I try to remember Tuesday uh, because I was in Florida and that's why I was on the on the on the uh, um, in the airport yesterday. So I was in Florida taking care of some errands for the fam from my mom. And um, when all of that's, you know, the day after the game and uh, obviously the, the initial announcement, which was uh, that the game will not be played in week 17, right? And this is very important. Week 18 will not be schedule will not be changed. So in essence, the NFL said this game is not going to be played in the next seven days, let's say. that That's kind of what the NFL said that categorically. Like they basically said it's not being played in week 17 and it's not being played instead of the week 18 games. So what, what the NFL in essence said, and I, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a disagreement with Dave about this, you know, and I don't know if you are aware of this, but I told Dave, I said, Dave, a hundred to one odds, this game is not getting played. Those are my, those are my words to Dave. And Dave said, because he has had some information uh, later in the week, uh, he said, well, I spoke to somebody who told me this and that, the game's getting played. He goes, I'll take those odds because I think the odds are even money. So I'm like, uh, all right, well, then I'm not giving you 100 to 1. That's kind of what I told him. So. <laughs> anyway, so let, let me go back to Tuesday. So so Tuesday, obviously, the, the news drops, and um, we get on the call, and we're like, all right, what do we do? What do we do? Should we wait? Should we this? Should we that? I'm like, all right, well, hold on a second, because, you, know, you know, three years ago, I spent, you know, a, a few days – Right, you know, re-editing uh, our terms and conditions with a lot of thought put into what happens when games get canceled and games get moved. Because obviously, three years ago, there was a lot of thought about that, and you know, those terms and conditions were edited back then. And I remember, I'm like, wait a minute, we have this stuff, and uh, you know, uh, in ink, pretty much, uh, black and white. Um, and there's no guessing here. The NFL said they're not playing this game in week 17. We we can't count this game. According to our own self-imposed terms and conditions, this is what we put in writing. And, you know, Dave, uh, 
you know, he's like, well, listen, uh, well, but what are the options? You know, so anyway, we're going back and forth. I'm not, I'm certainly not throwing Dave under the bus. I think he was rightfully so in, 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 in being, um, in being devil's advocate and playing devil's advocate. And we're going back and forth and back and forth. And he's like, well, what happens if we wait? We're like, well, I don't know what, what does happen? What, what's the point of waiting? If we know exactly what the NFL said, what's the, you know, what's going to happen uh, three days from now, what's going to happen four days from now. And then the conversation started hinging on um, the stats, you know, and we started arguing, not arguing, you know, we started debating the stats and, and uh, you know, do we count the stats? Do we not count the stats? I'm like, well, you know, and we started going back and forth and there was a lot of that. And here's where it gets kind of interesting, right? This is the part I didn't tell you yesterday. And, uh, and you don't really know that much about it. I mean, I gave you a little bit of a hint, uh, when we spoke, but I get a phone call. I get a phone, and and I want to preface this by saying I'm going to tell the truth here, nothing but the truth. All right, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but I want everyone who, you know, has paid attention, everyone who's listening. I want to know what goes on behind the scenes, not just in the FFPC, but in the fantasy industry. Okay, so I'm not throwing any anyone under the bus, but I'm going to tell you what happened. So I get a phone call from Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins is an old friend, FFPC player, good guy. I like him. We talk a lot still. And he obviously manages and, and runs, co-owns the another competing, uh, you know, uh, fantasy uh, operator, the fantasy uh, game uh, platform. So he's like, you know, hey, what are we going to do? What's going on? What are you going to do with this? And I'm like, well, listen, you know, I think, you know, for us, it's pretty clear. And, uh, you know, I think we, we're going to basically say that this game does not count. It's like, oh, really? Wow. Well, you know, what are you going to say? You're not going to even wait? What are you going to say? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I think I think the sooner the better. I mean, I don't see a point of waiting. So anyway, I'm having this conversation with him, you know, pretty wide open. And he's like, well, you know, let me tell you. He goes, I get, I, I haven't, uh, I think he said an email. He goes, I get an email. I got an email from Greg Ambrosius. Greg Ambrosius. Got an email from Greg Ambrosius. Huh? He's like, yeah, he wants to know what we're going to do. He wants to know what everyone's going to do. He, because everyone, it's their strength in numbers. We need to all be on the same page. We need to know what's going on. I said, uh, well, Scott, I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I know what we're going to do because we have our terms and conditions. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we know exactly what we're going to, uh, how we're going to rule on this. The only thing we don't know what to do with the stats, because the stats were there yesterday, they're still here today. So I can't discount the stats. Anyway, so we're going back and forth. So Scott, we hang up the phone. He calls me back actually a few hours later, again asking me, "What are you going to do?" You know, everyone wants to know. You know, underdogs doing this, NFFC, you know, wants to know what we're doing. Like Scott, we're gonna announce this thing tonight. You know, we're gonna announce this thing tonight because our terms and conditions are pretty clear. There's no reason for us to wait. And um, you know, by waiting, what, what do we? So let's just talk this through. Let's say if we did wait, right? I, I didn't say this to him, but I'm t I'm telling you this, and to to our viewers. So if we did wait, right? What would change? The NFL said they're not playing the game in week 17. The NFL said they're not playing the game in week 18. We have the terms and conditions that say you do not count the game if it's not played within that week. 
What is the reason for us to wait? Answer, the, the reason to wait was to find out about the stats, possibly. The only reason to wait is to find out about the stats. But in the meantime, everyone wants to know, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Excuse my language. What are you going to do? So you have to announce something. You can't not announce something when the whole world is crashing down around us, right? The fantasy world, right? So Dave and I went back and forth and we're like, you know what? We have to make this announcement now because the announcement is not going to change. The game is not going to be played and we have to make the announcement. And as far as the stats go, we went back and forth and we settled on the idea that the stats will count as of right now. Why? Because we all saw the game being played yesterday. We all watched the game being played yesterday. We saw the catches. We saw the yards. We saw the touchdowns. And guess what? The NFL did not say that those stats are null and void. They did not say that. They didn't say that. They said the game is what? Suspended. It's in, It's hanging. So we said the same thing, that as of right now, the stats are counting. And Man, what do we do? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like, from the initial uh, email that, that went out, uh, stats accrued on Monday night will count as they are currently official and have not been deleted uh, by the NFL. So by that, um, we were and, – and, and I think the FFPC has been pretty clear that um, it follows the official stat feeder. It follows the official stats of the we NFL. Have to. At the, at the time of the announcement, the NFL, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or the NFL's mouth, but at that point, I don't believe the NFL had ruled either way whether the stats would be counted. However, on their official stat feed, um, you know, nearly 24 hours later, those stats had not been wiped and they were still on there. Um, and well, they it didn't wasn't talk about the stat. I mean, listen, the yeah. NFL – Look, the NFL is the NFL. They do whatever the hell they want, right? And you can't get anything straight from the NFL, especially in this particular situation. The NFL was playing it as as un, you know, as as uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, as nebulous as they possibly could. I mean, they right. So they had the stats on. Then actually, after they made the announcement, they took the stats off. Everyone else had the stats. CBS had the stats. The score had the stats. ESPN had the stats. NFL.com does not have the stats. Why don't you have the stats? You didn't cancel the game. Can't get an answer, obviously. Cannot get an answer. So the NFL does not cancel the game, but takes the stats off NFL.com. You know what I'm saying? So it, the whole thing was 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 crazy. But so let me back up. So so we make the announcement and the whole the shit hits the fan. Well, at least, I mean, from the bomb throwers, you know, the shit is hitting the fan. The bomb throwers are throwing the bombs and, you know, FFPC, bunch of idiots, don't know what they're doing, rushing into it, blah, 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 the whole thing. You heard, you saw it, you heard it. Now, what you don't know, what the viewers don't know is that, how many emails and how many texts and how many phone calls and how many DMs we're getting privately who are telling us, hey, guys, this is an impossible situation. We understand. We get it. You know, we're with you. 
we're going to wait and you know sit back and, you know this is this is an impossible situation unprecedented blah 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 the whole thing right eric how many how many of those did you get uh, I, I think I got um, a couple of DMs um, and uh, a couple of texts, a few emails. And I think I don't I don't think any of them were necessarily negative. Um, but I think that um, the only the only ones I got were either asking for clarification or they were, um, um, you know, positive as, as positive as they could be, essentially. Right. Yeah. No, but what I guess my point is, is that, look, you know, everyone is upset and, and, and rightfully so, you know, we're all upset. I'm, we're more upset than everyone else because we want this game to be played. We want the season to end. This is week 17. This is championship millions of dollars are on the line. So of course we all, you know, we're more upset than anyone, but now we're like, look, we're following our rules. We're following as our terms, our conditions. We were prepared for this three years ago. We wrote this into our terms and conditions. Okay, we put this in. The rest of the industry, and and by the way, again, I did this yesterday, and I'll do this today. Kudos to RT Sports. RT Sports was the only one that I'm aware of that had the same similar type terms and conditions written into their uh, or similar language written into their terms and conditions that allowed them to make a ruling similar to ours. Now, what they did differently is they didn't count the stats. Fine, no problem. But they said right away, we are not counting this game because it's not being played in week 17. The NFL said that. The other guys, again, not throwing them under the bus, but they didn't know what to do. That's why they waited. They waited for the NFL to make a decision because they had no guidance. You look at the missions of some of the other guys guess what there is zero mention of canceled games there is zero mention of what to do if a game is not played on the week that it's supposed to be played zero okay now maybe they meant to do that maybe they intended to not have that language you know what i spent time and and thought and i put the thought process into three years ago into putting this language in and it stayed because it deserves to be stayed because it was important. And guess what? Three years later, this crazy situation came up, and now we had something to lean on, and we knew what to do. Um, I want to bring this up uh, from the from the YouTube chat right now. I'll put it on the screen here. Aaron Waldo is watching tonight. Uh, he wants to know what the FFPC would have done had the NFL not made the call to cancel until next week. And again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, but to me. If they don't make the call to cancel till next week, it's kind of null and void because the the rules that the FFPC has state that in order for a game to count for that week, it's got to be played that week, right? That that that's that's the main that's the main part of the of the language. It's it's all right there. The game has to be played with it. Now, look, I'll be very honest with you. Okay, I'll be very honest. Had the NFL left the window open for Week 18? For this game to be pushed into week 18, right? Meaning, okay, we're going to push like the week 18 games, you know, to week 19, and we're going to play this game in week 18. Had they made that suggestion, that would have made us think. That would have made us think. Maybe we could have then looked at our terms and said, look, you know, maybe there's a way that we could, you know, we could use the God clause. The God clause meaning that, 
you know, we we could do diff something different than the NFL uh, than than the terms currently say because of a very specific set of circumstances. But they didn't do that. The NFL said specifically, week 18 schedule is not changing. What does that mean? That means this game is not getting played in the next seven to ten days. Period. That's it. End of story. There was nothing to wait for from the NFL unless unless you wanted to count this game, unless you wanted to, as an operator, you wanted to count this game had it been played in week 19. And if right. you didn't have and if you didn't have your terms and conditions laid out guiding you as far as whether you were going to use that the the game from week 19 to determine your week 17 scores like other operators didn't have and we did if you didn't have that language then you were waiting to see i uh i want to bring in a guy who obviously has more of a stake in this than i do since i as an employee of the ffpc i don't play the ffpc um but a guy who does is our next guest tonight i want to bring him in He's the co-host of the GOAT District podcast. The 2022 Pros are the Joe's champion, uh, champion. And he's a winner of many high-stakes auction, dynasty, best ball, main event, football guys leagues. Uh, he's a hard-way participant and a non-loser who is generally unable to say no to any expert leagues. And I think he might have a plea about 2023 best balls with the FFPC. You follow Matt Overhype Sleeper on Twitter. No final E in Sleeper. It is Dan Williamson. Dan, welcome into the program tonight. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Balky. Alex, thanks for uh, coming on and uh, joining us. This is this was this was great to be able to to hear a little bit straight from you. So after you've heard this, Dan from from Alex, do you have any like further questions or more clarification? Hit on, me, on, man! Hit, hit me! Know? Let's go! Right. I'm ready. Let's go! Right here! Let's go. Right here! <laughs> now, I I mean, by and large, I think I think most of it was handled pretty well. I think probably the main thing, you know, the the from the people I talked to. Um, the main issue that I was hearing about was just the fact that it, it sounded like the the stats were going to, you know, kind of play as they lie, um, you know, as far as the first 10 minutes of the game or whatever it was. And, you know, when in your um, the first uh, email that went out, you said, you know, well, if there are any minor stat corrections, which kind of made it sound like, well, you know, if uh, they decide that uh, um, Stefan Diggs had one yard less on a, a catch or something like that, you know, the, those kind of things would happen. It didn't sound real open to the fact that these stats would be completely canceled, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and I know, you know, you got to go by the NFL stats, so I get that, but, you know, I guess hindsight being 2020 probably would have been a good place to remind people of that and say, hey, if the NFL zeroes out the stats, we got to zero out the stats too. Very good point. <clears throat> Very good point. Um, in hindsight, would that have been good language to include? Maybe. Here's why I say maybe. Because anytime you make an announcement and you put in hypothetical you know, statements into that announcement, you're now opening up a new can of worms altogether. Mm -hmm. If this happens, we will do this. Or if that happens, we will do that. And anytime you start to add language into those announcements, any kind of, you know, making some sort of a commitment to something, then God forbid, if, you know, 
some unpredictable set of events take place, then people start, you know, say, well, you said this and you said that. And, and by the way, Eric, sitting right next to me, he's sitting right there. Where is he? There he is. <laughs> Eric knows. Right, Eric? Tell the story about what? <laughs> tell the story. If the game's not going to be played on Tuesday, right? Yeah, We're not going to yeah. count it. <laughs> we, I, I would say, like, as far as, and I was texting with, with um with actually austin martin uh the other night about this and i i told him like this was not a process as far as um the way we craft emails for you know situations like this and thank god they don't happen all the time but based on the language that we that that i put into the ffpc email in in the COVID year about that game being included or whether or not that that pittsburgh ball pittsburgh baltimore right pittsburgh baltimore whether uh, pittsburgh, that game was baltimore or tennessee one of the, okay. it was tennessee, i think it was yeah okay there you go so, so because the, the, the language was, was nebulous in that, um, we have gone to painstaking efforts to the point where I think we all get annoyed with each other. We're picking over the, the different um, words uh, in, in each email. And it wasn't a willy-nilly thing with, with this email being sent out. Like we, several of us went over, I mean, our whole team really had went, went over that email, not once, not twice, but several times. Um, and and I, I felt like the language in there, and like we put it in there, um, and this is, you know, maybe where I took it for granted a little bit, but, and I referenced this earlier in the show, um, stats accrued on Monday night will count as they are currently official and have not been deleted by the NFL. To me, when you put that in there, I, I take, you know, I give our players a lot of credit for one, knowing that we follow the official NFL stats, right? We don't, we don't follow anybody else's. And then, which is illegal by the way, to not follow NFL yeah. stats is illegal according to to the language of the um, gaming commissions, which govern fantasy football. Right. So anyone, anyone out there, and I'm not going to name those names, but anyone out there who's counting the stats as right now, I'm not talking about early in the week. I'm talking about as of right now, anyone counting those stats is technically committing an illegal act for the purposes of being a fantasy sports operator because they're not, they're gone. And getting back to, to the to the email language, I will say that sometimes I because I obviously work for the company, um, I take for granted that that all of our players know all our rules and 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 maybe don't know them as well as I do. I take that for granted a lot of times. So and I think and in, in at least the one thing I've learned from this is to not only you know put the language in there, um, but make it totally obvious of of what we're saying here. Hey, we're including the stats because the NFL is. But if the NFL chooses that they're going to wipe it. Well, then we, we can't just include stats for something the NFL never happened. And I think that's the point. If I had to do it over again, I'd want to drive that, that point home more clearly. So, and I, I, well, a lot of people understood it, but obviously in talking with at least one person uh, who did not take it that way, and I know other people didn't take it that way uh, either. So I think that that's something that, that um, in, in that second statement, I think that's what a lot of confusion came from. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's kind of an important point, too, because, I mean, you know, that's that can happen in any company, really, where you get wrapped up in, in uh, trying to, you know, piece together a very convoluted situation, and you're talking about language of how you're going to explain it to other people, and you all know exactly what you mean, but, you know, at the same time, it's like when it goes out to other people who haven't been involved in that whole series of discussions, sometimes it can can take on a different meaning, you know what right. I mean? Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, don't... It, 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 and don't it, forget, it, we're writing this. We're writing this stuff, right? We're not right. sending. Oh yeah, to have yeah. legal teams writing this right, stuff. Right. 
we're writing this stuff. Why? Because oh, yeah. we want to connect to our customers. We want to let our customers know what we're doing, but also, you know, try to kind of be, you know, as careful as we can with what we're saying. You guys are very accessible and that's a, it's an important thing. You know, I guess, I guess my one thought on that is, you know, maybe when you, you know, when you're in a really tricky situation like that, if it happens again, God forbid that it ever does. I mean, my God, you know, the, what a horrible situation. Uh, nobody could ever predicted that, you know, the whole COVID thing that was totally out of left field. Uh, when you're trying to run a business, you know, and dealing with these things that are just, you know, total blindside shots, it's difficult. You know, I've, I was in the restaurant business for 40 years, uh, you know, general manager of a restaurant. And, you know, when COVID came along, I, I kept getting, you know, jerked around by the government, jerked around by the health department, jerked around by everybody. You know, it's like every five minutes, they'd change the rules on me. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. But, you know, I think maybe in a, a situation like that where you're going to put out a big uh, statement that everybody's going to read, you know, maybe throw it by a few guys and maybe not the same guys every time. You know, you don't want to have like an informal kitchen cabinet because that looks bad. But, you know, just pick five or ten players kind of at random or have whatever. Board of direct, have, we, yeah, this, that, this is where I'm getting. So we're going to have a statement board of directors. Dan, you're going to be the head of that board. Welcome aboard, okay. Dan. And uh, you. you're not going to be on that board at all. I don't want Kim not qualified to be on that board. I'm not qualified <laughs> to be on that board. Don't, don't cheapen the board by putting me on it. No, we want to improve it, and having a guy like Dan on it would be primo. Um, here, you know, listen, let me, can I just say something? So here's the thing, though, Dan, and this is, you know, I really appreciate, I really appreciate what you're saying, you know, and you're, you know, you're the kind of guy, right, that, you're the kind of guy that we as FM, like we're used to guys like you for, we've been around for 15 years. Right. And our customers have always cared about us, have always cared about the game, the, the, the platform. And they want us to succeed. They want us to do well. They want us to make the right calls. They want us to, you know, to do the right thing. And, and I feel that from you, like, you know, I spoke to you, I don't know you very well, but I, you know, I see you in Vegas all the time. We shake hands and we talk a little bit, right? Yep. But this is what the majority of the FFPC is made up of, is guys who really want us to do the right thing. And I really appreciate that. And, and what, what, what hurts me, right, what hurts me is that sometimes we have guys that have been playing with us for years and years and years. And, um, we take care of these guys the best we can. Anytime there's a question, anytime there's an issue, or maybe a favor that needs to be done within the realm of what we can and cannot do, we take care of everyone, right? We take care of everyone. We never say no unless we absolutely have to, to everyone. We're super accessible, the whole thing, right? But then when the shit hits the fan, right? When the shit hits the fan, what do these guys, not these guys, what do, what do some people do? They take out... They take out the bombs and they start throwing the bombs. They email us for the last 10 years. They email. They know our email. They know my email. They know Balky's phone, uh, 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 DM. They know Eric's, Chris, everyone, right? But instead of sending us an email and saying, hey, you know what, guy? I, I really disagree with you here. You know, here's why, you know, maybe blah, blah, blah. So instead, here's the bomb and whoo, there we go. Boom. That, that's not cool. Right. Some, that's some people not cool. just enjoy and, chaos. And, and, 
And the anyone listening to the show who does that, you know who I'm talking to, and and that's not cool. So uh, there's a few of those, a few of those people, and uh, we'll continue. By the way, the next time you email, the next time you ask us for a favor, we're gonna do it, and we'll always treat you, you know, with respect. And and all I ask is maybe next time the shit hits the fan. Treat us a little bit with respect as well. And hopefully there is no next time. I mean, that's the right. plan. But like Roger Goodell always says, hope is not a plan, right? That's why you got to have a plan. That's why you got to have stuff in place for this. Um, Dan, listen, I appreciate you coming on and asking Alex these these follow-up questions to this. And while we still have Alex, I feel like I owe it to you to, if you have any pleas or any anything that you would like to ask Alex regarding 2023, the floor is yours, my friend. All right. So, so Alex, I mean, you know, we got best ball season coming up here. Um, how fast can we get things turned around after you get these uh, playoff challenge weeks going? Can we, uh, can, can we be looking at uh, oh. you know, like the Monday morning after the, uh, the second playoff challenge goes yes. off? Yeah. I think even Sunday morning, I think that's, ooh, I think ooh. that's the date that we have on the calendar. Uh, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't happen. But, uh, yeah, obviously, so, you know, we kind of need to go in, in this uh, order of importance. And, uh, obviously, the playoff challenge uh, is coming up. Uh, that's what we need to focus on. Then we have playoff challenge two. And then we'll right away switch, hopefully, and we'll have the uh, never-too-early uh, best ball tourney back. Nice. We'll have, you know, the $5 best balls and the $35 best balls. You know, we're not going to have a big selection because I don't think at this time – there's not too many crazies like you, Dan. I mean, you know, there's probably a few dozen. Yeah, we all but, know uh, who each other is pretty well. You know, that's right. Yeah, you all be playing January, against each other. February. Exactly. It's like, yeah. oh, you you ten guys and and one other guy. I don't know. Right. That's right. <laughs> How are you going? Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, that's our job. Our job is to is to bring new new players in into the mix. I think I think we've been doing a good job of that. You know. Yeah. Um, so, but that's the answer. The answer is the, I, I'm hoping that, uh, Sunday after playoff challenge, which is, I think the 22nd, I want to say. Twenty second. Yep. Yep. So sounds good. And, and Alex, I appreciate what you guys have done with, uh, you know, handling all these curveballs and everything that have come up. I mean, it's like I said before, it's not an easy situation. Nobody has a, a you know, game plan or a blueprint. You're making it up on the fly. It's a tough deal. And it, you know, if you're a player, you know, I, I, I get it. This this was the worst of all possible beats if you had a bunch of Buffalo or Cincinnati players. This the was the worst of all possible beats. I mean, basically. The worst. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's like, you know, for some of us who had Kyler Murray and he goes out, you know, three plays into a game. You know, that's a that's a tough beat, especially in, you know, week 13 or whatever it was. Of course. You, you know, we. And then uh, and, you know, that's Taylor, the, you know, goes yeah, out the next week. Yeah, that's the thing, Dan. Yeah, that's the thing, Dan. Like, you know. With all of this stuff happening and everything kind of, you know, I have to tell this whole story and several times and everything, you know, it gets lost a little bit in, in, in the translation how awful the story is. And, you know, obviously, you know, the kid almost dying on the field. I mean, it's awful, right? right? So it all starts from there. The kid dying is awful. And then, you know, people who are supposed to win and battle for gigantic life-changing money uh, get screwed. Right. right by the NF by not the, by the NFL by the situation. I, I certainly don't want to throw an NFL out of the bus because they're in a possible situation as well. 
Don't yeah, you think we're in a possible situation? They're in a possible situation. Right. right? So so that's the thing that gets lost in all of this. You know, we have you know, everyone's like throwing everyone throwing shit bombs at each other, but the truth is it's an impossible situation. No one there is no solution where everyone, not even everyone, where more than half of the people are happy. There's no solution. Either this half is happy or this half is happy. That's it. Yeah, and you're lucky if you even have half that are happy because there's usually, exactly. you know, two exactly. or three chasers after one one guy who's exactly. uh, in the lead or whatever, you know. Right. And uh, so that's it, it's a tough deal. But, you know, basically just my point is this. You know, it was an injury that cost you those players if you, you know, if you lost players. And I lost players in that game. I, you know, I, I, I lost leagues from it. I won some leagues from it. I lost some leagues from it. Uh, you know, I was on both sides of the fence. But, you know, I just had to look at it. Number one, it's, you know, it, it was an injury that cost me those players. It was not an injury to my players, but it was an injury that made it so those players could not go on and play. You know, and that's something I don't have any control over. That's the same as, you know, Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor, whatever. Um, you know, so it's just, it, it's a tough situation. It sucks, but it's, it, it's like any other injury. You just have to suck it up, rub some dirt on it, and move on. Um, yeah. You can you can always reach Alex, Alex at myffpc.com, Alex underscore FFPC. Uh, Alex, enjoy Vermont. Thanks for carving out some time on your Friday night to come on and explain the situation to all our viewers, all our listeners. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, and this is it. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Ever. You, you Ever. don't want to come on the road of his high stakes lowdown on Tuesday and we'll do this all over again? That's mm, that's. No. No, okay. No. All right, we'll skip that. We'll I, skip that. I, I'll think. Of, I'll think about the the Super Bowl when I put my prognosticator. Uh, oh uh, yeah, you no, you have to it. come back for that show for sure. We won't All talk right. about any of this, but we'll come back and we'll talk Super Bowl props. All right, guys. All right, Al, Alex Kaganowski, thank you so much, sir. Have a great uh, Friday evening at Alex underscore FFPC, and of course uh, Alex at uh, myffpc.com is where to reach him. I always say this to everybody too: if you have a, an issue with the, the way things are handled, the best way to get a well-thought-out response is not Twitter. It's not Facebook. Send an email, um, and and I don't know of any emails that, that you know, we don't get back to somebody on who's wondering something about it. For clarification, email still always works the best for the FFPC. Okay, let's bring in uh, my co-host with the most. You follow him on Twitter at Elliott, kffsc.com. Farrell Elliott, welcome aboard, my friend. Hey, fellas. What a, what a wonderful podcast. I, uh, Dan. You know, I think we both appreciated the well thought out and well presented um, from the FFPC notice that we got, whether we agreed with it or not. And I must say, I certainly agreed with it. When I read through it, it was so well presented. I sent out a 29 word announcement for the KFFSC, which in that announcement, I said, and Monday night stats will count. So I used 29 words and 14 of them were wrong. You know, it's just a very, very damn difficult thing to do. It, it, you know, and another difficult thing to do is drafting early. Congratulations on your pros versus Joe's dominance and things that you do as a player. Uh, I, you, myself, and the San Francisco 49ers have something in common in this strange year of uh, professional football. Our Mr. Irrelevant was certainly a relevant player. Uh, one Isaiah Pachinko drafted um, – Drafted by you, I think, the very last pick. Drafted by me, 
uh, in the seventh round of, of uh, dynasty draft. And then the 49ers, he wasn't available to them, so they had to live with a quarterback. Uh, and they, what's it, what's that guy's name? Brock Purdy. So, so, Mr. Brock Irrelevant. Guy. I guess in yeah. three or four years, I'll learn his name. Brock Purdy. You know, when we look at Pachinko, you know, we got a very, very early taste of him. And then he was set down for a while. It might have been, he might have been banged up a little. I can't remember back that early. And then as, by the time we got to the end of October, uh, it was fascinating. And it, or before the end of October, they never threw him the ball. And you were tending to think, well, maybe he's not a big pass catcher. Maybe he doesn't have the perfect hands. And then if you look at his stats to finish up the rest of the season, we're looking at a player that every time everything they threw him, he caught. Your thoughts about this player – uh, as we approach drafts forthcoming, uh, and, and obviously he was a tremendous help for you uh, down the road. What what drew you to this player? Share some of your expertise with us. What, maybe we can use that same type of skill set to find a 2023 draftee. Yeah, for me it was, uh, you know, part of the way that I like to do things is I'm doing best ball, I'm doing dynasty, and I'm doing, uh, you know, redraft season long. So, you know, the combination of those three disciplines kind of forces you to look at the game through different angles. And, you know, the, you know, the dynasty angle is what turned me on to Pacheco. Um, you know, I was, I was aware of him, um, you know, his draft season started unfolding in uh, March and April and, you know, certainly and especially in May uh, after he got drafted. And so I already kind of knew what he was about. Um, I was putting him on some dynasty teams as you did, Farrell. And then, you know, so when it, when it came down to uh, we were starting to draft, you know, still there were a lot of players drafting redraft who weren't really tuned into him yet. Mm. And they were looking at him always oh, a seventh round pick or whatever. Uh, you know, Ronald Jones is there. We've got Clyde yeah. Edwards-Alaire. We've got Jarek McKinnon, you know, all these guys there, you know, and they're looking at it and then they're saying, you know, how is this guy ever going to earn touches? And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, this is a very fertile soil here in Kansas City and there's nobody established. So why wouldn't I take a chance on him? I, I agree with that. And I've got to ask you something about the Kansas City Chiefs overall. With all this talent in the backfield, in the receivers, at the quarterback position, the tight end, an offensive line that's relatively intact, why is it that they just barely beat everyone? Are they getting everyone's best game? Is that why it is? You know, all they do is outlast, you know, by three to six points and, and win that game. And I, it, I just – I'm curious about it that they're going to get in the playoffs and get in some close games with some teams that they just can't seem to recapture like they have these regular season games. You got an opinion on that? Well, their real bugaboo seems to be the Bengals. They just cannot get past the Bengals, of course. Uh, you know, but otherwise, you know, I, I look at this season as being kind of a step forward because last year uh, Mahomes was really struggling. Tyreek Hill was struggling, even you know, Kelsey was still Kelsey, but, you know, the, the whole offense was just way off. And then they go and trade Tyreek Hill, and I'm wondering, you know, how how in the heck is this offense going to really get better? Um, but sure enough, they did. You know, Andy Reid got in there, and he started diagramming some plays, and all of a sudden, you know, Mahomes is hitting them, and, uh, you know, the offense is off and running. And, you know, they are they are in a lot of close games, not as many close games as my Vikings, but uh, they're, in, they're in quite a few close games. But a lot of it is more high-scoring games too, you know. Um, so they're they're getting the points out there. 
Um, you know, all you need to do is take a look at their field goal kicker. He always has more um, extra point opportunities than he does field goal attempts. This is so, true. Yep. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, well, you know, we, we, we expect to see the, you know, what was it, the 1998 Vikings, the 2001 Rams, was it? 2000 Rams. Um, you know, you're not going to get an offense like that every year out of a team. Dan, um, you know, one of the questions I always like to ask people at the end of the year, and you can extrapolate this to your dynasty rookie drafts um, or, or just talk about redraft, like main event football guys, best ball, what, what have you. Was there any players that, that you really liked in the drafting process and you got on a lot of teams and they performed well? Um, or, you know, the other side of the coin, was there anybody else that you stayed away from, like Poison, and they fell flat on their faces that you're proud of this year that you didn't have any shares of them or very few shares of them. Are there any players like that for you this year? Yes, I, I, I think we should talk about all the players that I got right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we don't need to talk about the players I got wrong. There's plenty of those. Now, uh, I, I, I do track this stuff very carefully, um, you know, so I can tell you exactly, you know, what my exposures are um, on all these players. And, and I just took a look at this from just my redraft portfolio. Um, Jerk McKinnon, I had 36, over 36% exposure to. Um, and that was somebody that I was pounding for the exact same reasons I was pounding on Pacheco. Uh, you know, I, I would try to get one or the other in almost every draft if I could. Uh, Evan Ingram, uh, I had 28% on Evan Ingram because, you know, here here is... A tight end that's a good pass catcher, yes, he drops some passes, but you you got to have the ball thrown to you to drop those passes. Mm -hmm. And he's going to Trevor Lawrence, who likes throwing to a tight end, and he's going into uh, Doug Peterson offense, who loves designing throws to the tight end. You know, so you look at those things, what's not to like? Yeah, I love these Evan Ingram guys that keep coming on here, Bonky, the noted Dan Williams said he's Evan Ingram. These are like guys that get religion in the last 10 minutes of church. Right? I just, you know, it, but okay, fair enough. You know, we're lucky that football pants don't have pockets because that's where Ingram's hands would be when the ball goes zipping past him. Pros versus Joes, Dan. You got to give us more guys because you drafted 40% rookies. Your whole roster was rookies. And, I don't know why I just didn't write down their names and draft them as, as soon as I can. The the one rookie, and I love I love talking about it. I never get you, you talk about players you were wrong about. We I bring him up every week. I'll quit soon, but since you're here, the the magnificent rookie master that you are, I'll tell you that the rookie that I was high on, and a lot of other people were high on too because they had to draft him in the twelfth round, is, is Jalen Tolbert, who's driving around Dallas looking for the stadium. He has yet to get there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're rookies, Dan. Yeah. Those guys, those 40% rookies from that team. Very impressive. Well, and Tolbert uh, was I, one of them, I think. <laughs> I think Tolbert was on your pros versus Joe's team. He, he was, yes. And uh, the first thing I'm going to say is uh, that was too many rookies. Uh, it still worked out, but that was too many rookies. Uh, it just kind of happened that, you know, as we started getting into those later rounds, especially the last five rounds, we would have targets all lined up and they would kind of disappear. And then, you know, there, there was always this rookie that was our kind of emergency stopgap. And we ended up having to use that a lot of times. Uh, now we, we were pretty intentional about taking out Pierce, uh, Greg Dulcich and Isaiah Pacheco. We felt real good about those three. 
Uh, Dulcich definitely panned out for a little while, as did Pacheco. Pierce, he had he had a few moments in the sun, not quite like I hoped, but you know, um, and, shows and problems. Also, shows problems. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, and also this, you know, just to to be clear, this you know this was not a team that was solely drafted by myself. We had the the whole Goat District team was participating on it. Um, you know, so we were, we were throwing around a lot of wild ideas. And, uh, you, you, if you, if you look at the draft board, you can see one of our wild ideas was that since we already had, uh, Austin Eckler, we decided we'd take Justin Herbert before Patrick Mahomes was drafted. And somehow and, we still won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, cause like, so it was, it was you, Theo, Andrew and JD all, yes. all like, it was so, oh my God, I don't even, I. I struggle with one co-owner. You guys somehow got this done with with four 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 chiefs of the tribe drafting this team, and it ends up winning the whole thing, the whole shebang, and it's incredible stuff. Um, and I, I shouldn't even be laughing about it because I'm actually in awe of that that it worked out that way. Um, Dan, um, sixteen days away. You heard it from Alex Kagnowski. Sixteen days away from FFPC Best Ball Madness, um, twenty twenty three is going to be an interesting year for the Denver Broncos offense. When you go into your first best ball of the season, are you expecting to see these Broncos coming at a discount? And if they are, are there players like Sutton, Judy, Williams, whoever, are there players that you think you want to be in business with? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to come at a discount. I mean, you know, who knows if it will actually be a discount that pays off until right. you know, we get through the 2023 season. I think, uh, you know, that's that's one of the great questions of the offseason is going to be, you know, can Russell Wilson put it back together with, uh, you know, a better offense somehow? And yeah. I'm, I like Jerry Judy. I think he is probably out of the receivers. Judy and Dulcich are the ones that I'm the most interested in. Um, I'm probably not going to touch Javante Williams uh, just because I, I feel like his knee injury was way too serious. I'm always a little bit leery taking players coming off injury. I'd rather, you know, if you know if they're if they're going to beat me, they're going to beat me. But um, it's it's rare that a player that has a serious injury like that is going to beat me the next year. Uh, you know, I look at him like Saquon Barkley the first year after he came off of his severe knee injury, and he tore his ACL and two other ligaments, and that's exactly what Javante Williams has done too. And the year after he came back, I mean Saquon, you know, he he was trying hard, but he was garbage on the field, and you know, I I had zero percent of Saquon that year. This year, I was in on Saquon with both hands um, because now he's two years removed. Now he has some more better things going on around him in the offense. He's got a better offensive coordinator, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, for those for those reasons, I think I'm going to be staying away from Javante Williams. But um, yeah, Judy and uh, Dulcich, I think I, I you know I can be talked into. You know, Dick uh, Defer from the Athletic, he has a crystal ball, and he's trying to talk us into the fact that. Samir White is your Raider uh, to have a big role this weekend versus Kansas City. What what are you trying to accomplish in watching Week 18 games? We're already preparing for next year and what's forthcoming uh, quickly in in drafts that the FFPC will be offering. What what how do you use the time now in between when you start drafting and and what do you think about Raiders Chiefs tomorrow? It is tomorrow or Sunday, Bucky? Tomorrow, yeah, Saturday. Yep, yep, Saturday game. Yeah, so, it, you know, um, 
Zamir White, what I'm going to be looking for specifically with him is what kind of situations are they using him in? Are they using him in the running game? Are they using him in the passing game? Is he blocking or is he just running out for pass patterns when he's in the passing game? Uh, you know, what, what kind of runs are they uh, trying to use him for? Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff, just to kind of get a sense for where they feel like he's at in his development, because we've really seen very little of him so far this year. And that's that's concerning, you know, if you, if, you know. Josh Jacobs, you know, has been a great workhorse, but you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, why weren't they spelling him at least a little bit, you know, compared to some of those other backs? Uh, so I, I think Zamir's got something to prove. And I think that's one of the fun things about week 18 is we, we see a lot of teams starting to throw out guys like that and just kind of see what they have. Um, you know, Sam Howell in Washington, that's another guy I've really had my eye on. I think he's probably a lot better than the average fifth round quarterback, but you know, maybe we'll find out a little bit on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, um, for, for anybody who is, you know, maybe 2020, well, 2022 ended, you know, kind of with a sour note for a lot of people out there. Um, and maybe there's a lot of people that want to get back in. Like I want to start drafting for 2023 or right away. I've never done January best balls or February best balls or whatever. You've done this for years. What's some advice that you would give somebody who's never done it before to make sure that they're drafting competitive teams uh, or that teams that are going to be competitive in December this year? Well, you know, first off, just keep in mind that every year is different. Uh, you know, we what we saw this year is not going to absolutely repeat next year. But sometimes you can look for certain patterns like, uh, you know, the elite quarterbacks. There was a, you know, there's a group of four quarterbacks that just absolutely uh, did fantastic this year. You know, you're looking at Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, um, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, it's really, really being kind of your top three. Justin Fields was kind of up there, but you know, you're, you're looking for that kind of a quarterback and, and taking a quarterback a little bit earlier probably isn't the worst thing in the world because, you know, if they're going in the third, fourth round, uh, you know, some of the receivers that you're starting to, to look at there and some of the running backs you're starting to look at, at there are going to be swings and misses, but you know, quarterbacks of that caliber are not going to be a swing and a miss. So, mm. you know, that's, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, and if you get that one good quarterback, you can also kind of wait and take some chances on, you know, two or three quarterbacks very late in the draft instead of having to get that, you know, good quality backup where you might really want to take, you know, another running back or wide receiver or whatever. If I remember correctly, I, I think too, the, the main event champs in the FFPC and the football guys players championship, I think both of them had Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback this year. So right. Drive exactly. that point home. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and the other thing is be looking for those players who have uh, histories of being able, you know, wide receiver, running back, tight end, who can score 300 points. If they've got that in their history and, you know, it seems like they might be able to do it again, you want to try to have those players on your team. Now, they're going to mostly go in the first couple, three rounds, but, you know, every now and then you'll find one that's on sale that everybody is discounting and they're saying, you know what? I'm going to let him go in the, you know, the fifth round uh, or sixth round. You know, like this past year, it was Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, he was available in the sixth round. Yeah, I definitely took some chances on him. Didn't pan out. But, you know, if you get a 300-point scorer, you know, or somebody who, who has that capability that late in a draft, it's definitely worth getting. And then the other thing, you know, kind of that I I would say, uh, go heavier on wide receiver early in the draft. Um, because with wide receivers, it tends to be, more talent that, uh, you know, kind of keeps them in the game and so forth. Whereas with running backs, it's opportunity and opportunity is 
more often affected by injury. It's more often, you know, affected by a lot of different things, you know, like the, you know, just whether the, the whole offense is performing well, where they get goal line chances, whether, you know, and they're, they're helping sustain drives. So I tend to go a little bit lighter on running backs early in the season and kind of grab more of the mid-tier backs and grab several of those and just make sure I'm concentrating on having a good wide receiver core, a good tight end, a good uh, quarterback, and then just kind of go from there. That is good advice uh, as well. And uh, Farrell, I am fresh out of emails here for Dan, but I believe you have another question that you always like to ask. Ooh, Dan, um, I guess I got to change it, Balky, since we're... It's, so it's, I modified it a little bit for you. you, you you've you, already you, given you, me some hints. It's yeah, an email because I never pay any attention to the stuff you send me, Balky. I got to tell you, I really don't. I, I really... Uh, and, it's, and the show is great that way. I, well, I think you yes. need to keep doing it that way. Because that's what makes this magical. You know, I, according to Gmail, I have over 15,000 unopened emails. It's amazing. <laughs> but uh, look, okay. But th that question. You, you guys need to incorporate that. One of Farrell's random facts in every show. You know, that, we'll get it sponsored. We'll get it yes. sponsored. Ooh, and, and, random I, facts I, with Farrell. I like yes, that. I like so, it. There's got to be some Kentucky bourbon that, that we can have. <laughs> Yeah. To, to sponsor that segment of the and, show. And featuring receivers, you know, Dan, you're made for Kentucky. That's, that's uh, true, yeah. Um, true. Sharing your wisdom with players that play in Kentucky and the FFPC, a, uh, the, the, there's much crossover there. Um, every year is a new year. But who is someone that left you with such a stench of disappointment that you cannot stand him on your roster? And who is someone that you must have in 2023 all right um stench of disappointment uh there there were a few um uh, rashad bateman was one of them i had such high hopes for him uh oh yeah i got rid of him last year thank you I feel good <laughs> darnell mooney was another one oh, yeah, i, 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 yeah, I, I, I thought was going to be re real big but uh that that didn't pan out uh, those are guys are going to be a little bit difficult for me to roster, um, but I'll I'll tell you I think uh, we're we're looking at some good guys coming up, some second year wide receivers that are going to be really really good, and you know now that they have a year under their belt and hopefully a better quarterback situation in some cases, uh, Chris Olave. I mean, give that right. guy a quarterback, man oh man, that that guy could absolutely smash. Yep. Uh, we, we saw what uh, Garrett Wilson did with the quarterback situation in New York. The Jets were, you know, trotting up. You know, they, they, they have not one answer at quarterback. Uh, Mike, when Mike White is the closest thing you have to an answer, that's not an answer. And yet Garrett Wilson still looked great. So I, I think he's a guy that, you know, again, if they can get a decent quarterback in there, that's going to be fantastic for him. And another guy that really kept just almost popping but not quite, Traylon Burks. Uh, love that guy too. Yeah. Traylon Burks kind of reminds me of your Bateman pick. I mean, God, he looks good doing it, but he plays in an offense that if he can get 65 catches a year, that's quite a celebration for the Tennessee offense, you know, whatever receiver. Uh, Balky asked me who I thought was the best rookie receiver back in the summer, and I came with Chris Olave as, as, as the ready player uh, to step on the field, and I really love that. Garrett Wilson had a great year, but whoa, not in, not against Seattle and not in week 17 much, you know, but yeah, I really love those guys. I, uh, 
Balky, you you're you're in agreement here with the goat. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, obviously, I have to be right. Um, yeah, the, um, no, but I I would say um, uh, I was never a big Burks guy, um, and I said this from the get go. Like even when when he said he was leaving early from Arkansas, I was kind of like, you know what. I don't necessarily. I think this is me a guy I avoid in, in drafts, and I think I got him in like two best balls, and that was it. But based on what I've seen this year, I'm willing to you know admit when I'm wrong, and I think I might have been wrong on Burks because he showed stuff on the field that I didn't expect him to show his rookie year. And Dan, and, what are you going to have to pay for Burks in a pick? What yeah. round are you going to have to draft him? You, you know, I think he's probably going to go around the seventh round. Woo. Just as a rough guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, he might go a little bit cheaper to start with, but mm-hmm. um, I think I think he's one of those guys who might get steamed up relatively quickly just because he's one of the only answers in that passing game. Okay. Okay. All right. So, 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 Dan, forgive me if you get this question a lot here. I just went to twitter.com slash overhyped sleeper with the E. The account doesn't exist. Now I look at yours and I try to explain people how to follow you, and it's overhyped sleeper, but I say, you take the final E out of sleeper, and that's Dan Williamson on Twitter. What is the impetus between or behind taking out that final E? Does it mean something? Is it significant of something? Because you could have the other one if you wanted, it looks like. Well, now, perhaps something has changed, but way back when, when I made that Twitter handle, that was all the characters I could fit. Oh, so okay. That was, I was limited by characters, so I'm like, okay, I got to drop one character here. Which one's it going to be? So that was the one. Yeah. You ran. It was the license plate conundrum, right? You yes, got to yes. got to drop some vowels, and you drop yes. the one vowel. Okay. Well, yep. our viewers and, and can find you there on Twitter at overhype sleeper. No final e in sleeper. And then, do you guys have with with the Goat District podcast? Do you guys have a set schedule? Because it seemed like this summer, like especially when when we were cranking up for for draft season, you had a zillion guests, and it seemed like you guys were going live every single night with another heavy hitter in high stakes fantasy football. Like I don't, I couldn't even keep track of it. There was so much good content on the show. Do you guys have a set schedule that you go with? Um, no, not really. Uh, (laughs) And the off season, we'll probably start working towards that again a little bit, at least during the, you know, the, the slower time of the off season. Uh, but yeah, you're right. When we get, when we get into draft season, we are going hot and heavy because we, you know, we, we want to bring a lot of goodness to our listeners. Um, you know, we, we do have the ability to get some great guests and, you know, we're as interested in talking to them as our listeners are in hearing them, you know, we want to know what they have to say. Uh, we, we feel like, you know, Hey, if it's interesting to us, it's probably going to be interesting to our guests as well. And then, you know, of course, during draft season, we're also doing a lot of live drafts. So you got all that going on as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, my, my wife is uh, a little bit less happy with me in the, uh, months of August and the first week of September. Uh, you know, I have to reintroduce myself to her about, uh, you know, September 15th or so. Um, but but fortunately, she's she's left the door unlocked and hasn't uh, changed the locks on me. So and, and, and sorry, go ahead. So that that's been a good thing. But uh, yeah, we we do have a, actually a bunch of guests coming up this week. Um, oh. if you don't mind, I'll, you know, I'll let you know who it is. Please, uh, yes, share with us. Okay, so Monday night uh, we're gonna have Mike Shope, who is uh, he. He's in Buffalo. He's the yep. you know you you know the the voice of uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, he's going to be previewing the NFL playoffs with us. 
Then on Wednesday at 9 o'clock, we're going to have Matt Hicks on. And uh, he's a guy that we respect a lot as far as a, a rookie analyst. He runs a site called the Rookie Big Board. Um, he's going to give us some early rookie ranks. And he's he's just fantastic at, uh, you know, watching tape. And I, you know, like tape, I don't get it. I can't, you know, I'm not one of those guys who can sit there and watch tape and, and break things down. I need guys like Matt Hicks working for me, you know, <laughs> so I let him do all the hard work and then I just pick his brain, um, you know, but he's, he put me on, uh, you know, last year he put me on Chris Olave, um, you know, he was really big on him. He said, that's my number one wide receiver right there. And I said, okay, noted. Uh, it's true because, you know, he plays at Ohio State and they're never on television. So, you know, you're obviously, yeah, no, you yeah, can't see him. Can't see a guy like that. You got to dig, you got to have a guy. Come on. So. Um, yeah, the go I, it, go ahead. And, yeah, and then uh, Thursday we've got John Daigle uh, from Four for Four right. Sports on. He's going to be working through the playoff challenge with us. So if you're doing the playoff challenge, you probably want to tune into that. John Daigle is fantastic at it. Uh, we put together some teams last year. We're going to put together some teams this year just to kind of show you the team building process and how you should go about it. And then. Uh, not next week, but the week after, uh, Wednesday, January 18th, we'll have John Lobb on. He's another rookie expert, also works with Rookie Big Board. Um, he's turned us on to some fantastic players over the years, too. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're into Dynasty or if you're doing early best ball and you just want to know, hey, who are those guys I should be drafting in the late rounds of a, you know, 20-round 20, 20 uh, swim or a 28-round uh, full best ball, you know, the, these guys will give you some rookies that uh, are definitely worth pulling out. Uh, you know, because they, they, every year I get some guys, you know, like in the 23rd, 24th, 25th round, and they end up being strong contributors for my team. Uh, and I pull them out from, you know, just those rookie players that, uh, you know, that I find out about from these guys. So if you're jonesing for not only best ball knowledge, but rookie draft knowledge, uh, make yes. sure you're checking out the Goat District podcast, YouTube and Spotify, uh, at Goat District on Twitter, at Overhype Sleeper on Twitter with no uh, E, final E in the in the sleeper is Dan's uh, account. Dan, I know I kept you a little bit longer tonight, but thank you so much for dropping some knowledge. Thanks for uh, joining us to not only talk with myself and Farrell, but with Alex as well. We'll continue to listen to the Goat District podcast. Keep up all the great work there. Uh, I love it. I know our uh, uh, plenty of our viewers love it as well. And thank you so much for doing what you do. Yes, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun. We'll definitely have to do this again. I saw Absolutely. in the comments, uh, you, you and JD were talking about doing a, a collaboration show. Well, but, you uh, know, what's funny is is last, I was like, I'd never be able to do a podcast in Las Vegas with with the FFPC events going out, the, out there. And then this past year, I did 11 hours of, of radio with Better Sports <laughs> Network. So I guess I could probably squeeze a podcast yeah, in, right? Like, I think I can, I can, think I can make it happen. Uh, but yeah, that'd be awesome to do that out in Vegas for sure. Um, enjoy the playoffs this weekend, my friend. Uh, good luck in the playoff challenge, and uh, good luck this uh, upcoming season. We'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. See you, Dan. Dan Williamson, ladies and gentlemen, at Overhype Sleeper on Twitter from the Goat District podcast. Great stuff from him. Uh, I always learn a, a ton every time I watch the Goat District podcast. Or Actually, I shouldn't say watch it. I listen to it more because I, gotta, I, I do have other stuff going on, and I can't focus totally on, on watching it. But – uh, that's not to say it is not awesome because it is with uh, John David and Theo Greminger and uh, Andrew Schellenberg, who's actually been on this show with us before. Uh, Farrell Gold-Nulls uh, for Andrew Schellenberg as well. Um, and that uh, that's going to wrap up this week, my friend. I appreciate you hopping aboard tonight and hanging out with me. 
Um, good luck in uh, in all your uh, playoff challenge quests. We will do. We will convene. We will reconvene here next Friday for our our big playoff challenge preview, um, and that's going to be a fun one, I think. Good, good. I'll look forward to that, Balky. And I want to thank Alex for sharing all the information and, and doing such a great job and exhibiting the leadership that we need, uh, you know, in this business and in this industry. I love flashing this around year one <laughs> in the FFPC. Oh, gee. And you know what? Uh, these people are commenting these, you know, this league's doing it this way. And these people, I don't really care because, you know, this is, is, is where I play, you know, and, and I am, uh, and I'm so grateful for having that platform to play. And there's more offered there that I can get to. And that's the, that's all I need to do. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very much, uh, I'm very much comfortable in the hands and the decisions that are made there. And I'm trying to mimic uh, some of that activity here at the uh, KFFSC and make those same wise decisions for our membership. And KF, uh, KFFSC.com is where to go to get involved in the uh, early 2023 Kentucky drafts that will be going on not only live in uh, Louisville coming up here in uh, a few weeks, but also, the, I mean, it, it seems like the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship starts earlier and earlier every single yes. year, Farrell. And, and I love it. That's where I play. And, yes. and I'm digging it. It's my favorite place to play it for sure. So uh, look forward to that, uh, Farrell. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll be back next Friday to get everybody set for the playoff challenge. Thank you, bud. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. want to thank uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, oh, beg your pardon. I want to thank him. I want to thank Dan Williamson. I want to thank Alex Kaganowski, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. We are live next Friday, 10, 9 central. Um, we'll, we'll share our, our thoughts on the playoff challenge. Certainly, I will glean some stuff um, watching the GOAT District this week uh, to, to try to pick up some tips that I could pass on. Uh, to everybody on this show who is going to be playing in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. Just a $200 entry, a $500,000 grand prize. If you want to get involved with the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, just a $35 entry, and you can win hundred grand off that as well. If you don't want to wait that long, you don't have to. You can play in the FFPC Week 18 Weekly Challenge. That's going on right now at myffpc.com. You can play with 10 uh, players or 12 players on your team. If you want to play with kickers and defenses, uh, you can enter for $200. You can enter for $35, and you can play with 100 other people or 30, uh, 30 other people, or 10 other people. And if you win in that 10-team uh, format, uh, you will have a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can play for a million bucks and you can win your entry uh, this weekend. High Stakes Lowdown for Rotoviz is going to be returning live on Tuesday. FFPC main event championship round, ninth place finisher um, uh, Rob Linkowski will join us on that. That is at 10, 9 central on Tuesday night, right here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Um, in case you missed this past week, Matt Berman, who was the seventh place team heading into week 17 in the FFPC main event. We chopped it up with him, uh, got some good tips and good advice for 2023. Um, I do want to remind everybody to like, uh, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Uh, the more you do of that, uh, the, the better the, uh, the content gets, obviously. And we want to bring out the, the best content we possibly can. Uh, for you. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. 
Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.